0: Well, good morning, everyone. Um, So glad you're joining with us live. Um, There's about four of us here in this room. No big deal. Um, Jesus started with 12, five actually. And there's maybe a couple more, one or two in the uh, office area. And yeah, there's quite a, quite a, we're we're surrounded by an innumerable company of angels. Yeah, oh, here comes Jesus now. He came through the door there. It's, It's Brother Les. It's, he's sitting in the middle. Yes, he's in our midst. Well, this morning, those of you um, that are um, joining with us across the uh, internet should have the handout, and um, there's no way that I'm going to be able to complete this during this time frame, but... That's just kind of the way it is. As you study, you it just starts to grow and to develop. Um, yeah, handouts are um, by the table there, by the napkins here, Liz. So over the last number of of weeks, I've been reading the first and second book of Samuel, just. Every day, every day, you know, when I can, even, you know, sometimes I'll be out um, um, in the city and different parts. And during my lunch break, I'll, I'll have lunch, and then I'll pull my, my Word Search Bible up on my phone, and I'll just read, you know, pick up from where I left off the night before. And every time I've, I've been reading the phrase, inquiring of, of the Lord, just keeps leaping off the page and um, the word inquire we've pastors written a booklet on it it's the it's the Hebrew word Sha'al and um, I hadn't really I've read the booklet it's been many years ago because it was written back in I think 2008 I was looking at it again this uh, yesterday on Doc Fetcher Um, and by the way if you're not using Doc Fetcher Make sure to install that and get all the books loaded in there because it's a really good resource for searching all the books. Um, It really helps um, find where where words are used throughout all the written materials. So I pulled it up and I was just kind of glancing through and I I just started looking at the first couple of pages and then I thought, you know what, I want to set this aside because I want to finish studying and then I'll come back to it and just see what pastor has already written and... Uh, it's really a quick read. It's not a, a lengthy book, so I encourage you to go back and look at it. But one of the main verses that I remember years ago that he would he would reference a lot is from Isaiah 45, verse 11. And we're, I'm going to read that, and then we'll go into the actual teaching here. Um, and it says this, Thus saith the Lord, thus saith Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, ask me or all me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. And then he says, command ye me. And as I've studied this word again, I mean, it stems from the word where we get shawl, uh, 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 like prayer shawl, you know, it's something that's worn or it's adorned on the shoulders. And um, it's, it speaks of, of someone that is, um, it speaks, it represents authority, it represents partnership, um, um, intimate relationship, um, uh, lots of things. And, but as I was looking at this verse, it's 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 full of just insight. I mean, the the term itself goes back to our our close relationship and partnership with the Lord, and um, he's focused on a couple of things in this verse that are powerful that he's had us focused on for from day one, even though we didn't realize it. But he's focused on things that are related to sonship. He wants people recognizing their identity as sons. And that's our calling. And not only that, but he's saying through Isaiah at this point, we're not even in the New Testament. This is really what's kind of mind-boggling is he's giving Isaiah these prophetic words to declare over his people at that point but it's still connected to relationship sonship and the working of his hands the right hand the left hand and i mean you bring all that together and that there is a (laughs) those that's years and years of revelation that we've all lived and we still continue to live we don't need to forget these things you know the right hand represents the uh being at the, 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 our place as sons and hearing what God wants to do prophetically, right? And then walking that out. And then the left hand represents what? Fulfillment. The fulfillment of that prophetic promise and release of what he said he wants to do. And we're living some of those prophetic promises that were released over a decade ago. And expansion is is upon us Um, and we have to always look at everything that God's doing through his viewpoint through his eyes we cannot look at it okay if we look at the word expansion and we start going oh well um, we can't determine how God's going to expand if he says expansion is coming we just need to know that expansion is coming and that's it don't try to figure out all the details that's where we really get ourselves i don't want to say in trouble but we start and it's okay to think about how it might look but boy did did anybody ever think that um what god's doing in brazil was part of the expansion maybe maybe not i didn't but it's really cool to see how it all begins to come together and and then as it comes together you just notice okay this is the way God's expanding the network that he's establishing and he's doing it in ways that maybe we haven't thought of and he's um so I guess as we go through this I believe our spirit man is always inquiring of the Lord or Yahweh inquiring about His eternal plan. And that's what this means here. And David was someone that used this term a lot. He's not the only one. But I just feel directed to focus on a a few individuals that where this word is used is just it's powerful. And it says a lot about where we are and it says a lot about how we don't need to add to nor take away what yahweh is revealing about his eternal plan and so i mentioned the word expansion we can immediately start going hey god's going to expand in the united states of america right he's going to go do this and do that maybe (laughs) but we can't determine i think i'm just speaking for myself when God starts to tell me something like this or any other thing or you you take anything he's spoken to you about his plan you start to try to formulate in your own mind what it might look like and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I don't we just need to not allow that to kind of dictate how it how God really begins to manifest it's what I'm saying so Don't fret over the details, I guess is what I'm saying. Don't worry about how it's going to be done. We just need to believe God that he said he's going to expand. And once the expansion happens, it's up to us to to recognize the expansion and how it's being done and embrace it, is what I'm saying. So still use your creativity and think and go, hey, man, it would be great if God would expand what he's doing here in the United States, right? We want that. God wants it, but again, it's in His timing. It's not about when I want it or when Pastor wants it. We all want that, but God's got He's got different ways of doing things. And um, the 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 more that I'm on the pathway alongside all of you, the more I see. Just believe what He says, and wait on the fulfillment of it whether it's one day, one week, one month, 10 years, 20 years. And keep praying. Keep interceding. Keep recognizing um, that we are on an eternal pathway and timetable that's not ours. <laughs> it's His. Everything that we are is, is about what He's doing, and He's, he's leading us specifically he's leading us individually he's leading us as a network and um, it's very encouraging if we will look outside of this little small place here and just really just open our eyes to see all that God's doing we have to we have to do that we cannot get so focused on just where we are Or where you know just a second ago there was three of us in here now look what happened it's doubled or tripled so hey that's progress right so that's the kind of perspective and we cannot view things from a perspective of like and the evangelistic gift is kind of this way evangelistically you tend to see things that are not so good because that's what grace comes to do. It comes to, it, it comes to overcome an obstacle or a challenge or a barrier, whatever that might be. So you see the barriers. You see the obstacle. You see where things are not functioning properly. So I have to be very careful that I don't become prone to always think that first or be in an obst- obstacle mode or barrier mode. And that was kind of reiterated there are people that have an evangelistic gifting, and you can tell when it's twisted because always folk, there, there's, there's a prominent negativity that can come out in them and in their words and in their thinking. That is a twisted evangelistic gift, and it's not that we can't see obstacles, but we need to see beyond that and see the solution and how God wants to fix it, and how grace needs to come so that function can uh, be ignited, the dunamis can be applied. Does that make sense? Okay, so I did not plan on saying that, so let's get back to this verse here in Isaiah 45. So, ask me of things to come. See, God's always looking forward. He's always looking forward, and He's always propelling us and his people forward he's never wanting to go back into the past he's always wanting to move people forward and, and that means different things for all of us on an individual level that means something different for us as a body so he's always saying things to come it, 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 didn't he say that the holy spirit was going to be poured out and he was going to show us things to what things to come same theme and i remember messages that pastors taught on that many years ago And he doesn't want us just settling and, and, you know, like Peter wanted to do on the mountaintop with that incredible experience, the mountain of transfiguration. And he's like, can we build three tabernacles and just kind of set up shop here? No, we we, we can never do that. And so and it's always going to be leaning towards, you know, sonship. And then not only that, but he wants us to continue focusing in on the working of his hands. And, you know, pastors taught a lot about what this command word means. It doesn't mean we're just going to tell God. You no, know. it's based off of Ask of Me, right? Our Sha'al relationship with the eternal plan of the Lord. And that's what all this stems from. It's not just, a you know, as he as he wrote in the Ask of Me booklet, um. You know, this is not just some kind of checkbook that we can just write whatever we want on there and get what we want from God. None of that is here. And each time David and Manoah and his wife and different ones use this term, it's always in connection with inquiring of Yahweh. I mean, over and over again. Inquiring about what? The eternal plan. And I believe that our, in our intercession, we're, we're doing that. We are inquiring about what we need to do next in this progression, how we need to um, uh, prepare the lots of things. So we're going to look at Manoah and his wife, how they inquire of Yahweh, and um, this involves the angel of the Lord or the angel of Yahweh. Uh, different different types of angels, and these when these when these angelic representatives show up. They have, a and for lack of a better word, well, I better not use that one. Their very appearance and presence is full of the eternal plan. That's why their name is the angel of Yahweh. And when they are near you, it just... They they envelop you with the eternal plan and, and your and your mind gets consumed with that and your spirit gets consumed with thoughts and um, feelings from the heart of God about his eternal plan that's just that leave you leave me stunned. Like, wow, that just happened? And then when you're when you step out of that though, then you come back into humanness <laughs> and you realize, man, that was that was amazing. And so here in, in Judges 13, beginning in verse 1, but I want you to look at the environment that's going on when the angel of Yahweh begins to appear to the woman. It says, And the children of Israel did raw again in the sight of Yahweh. So the spiritual condition in the atmosphere is, it's twisted. Again. <laughs> Which indicates that the children of Israel, they were always, the enemy's always trying to twist things. He's always trying to get people, in this case, it was the children of Israel. In our case, it might be the elect. It might be people in the church, trying to get things to where we're twisted. And we're doing them in the sight of the eternal plan. And it says, And Yahweh delivered them into the hands of the Philistines 40 years. Wow. There's a message there, too. And then it says, in that atmosphere, it transitioned. There was a certain man of Zorah, a family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren. And she bare not. And the angel of Yahweh appeared unto the woman. Why do you think the angel's appearing to the woman and not the man? Don't know, but I mean, we know that women have a, um, they're more perceptive. I Men, that's just the way it is. They perceive things, they're more touchy feely, uh, and, and, and that's kind of some of the reasons why. They're more sensitive to things in the natural and in the spiritual. That's just, that's just the way it is. I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, if he the angel that went to Manoah, Manoah might not have, he might not have felt the angel, might not have seen the angel, might have ignored, who knows? <laughs> so women are very important. We all know that. This is another instance. I knew I was going to get an amen on that one. And now look at what the angel of Yahweh says. He says thou art barren. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, can you encourage me just a little bit? You know, just, why are you speaking to my barrenness? But that's what, that's the first thing that he says. And you know, when you look at it, again, we some of these things that they say don't make any sense to I'm thinking, you don't need to say that. She already knows that, right? But... He, Evidently, God wanted her to know he knew her exact condition that she was in. And he used an angelic messenger that was speaking about his eternal plan to her. That's important. How many of you need that? Yeah, I know I would do. Sometimes you feel like you're in the midst of something that's horrible. It might not be barrenness, but it's, it's definitely dark, and you don't think anybody's anywhere near you at all. So these can be encouraging words. It's just a matter of how we perceive them. And then he says, (laughs) not only are you bearing, but you're bearing not. So he just kind of reiterates that. So he's focused on her present condition and circumstances, but then he transitions it into the prophetic promise. He said, but you're going to conceive and you're going to bear a son. He's very succinct. No filler words here. He didn't give a 15-minute prophetic word. He just says, boom, here it is. This is God's plan for you and Manoah at this specific time frame. We need to remember these types of things. God knows exactly where we are in His, His eternal plan. He knows exactly every little circumstance, no matter what it is. And then it says in verse 3. No, excuse me, we just read verse 3. Verse 4. Now, therefore, beware, or shamar, I pray thee, drink not wine, nor strong drink, or eat anything unclean. For, lo, thou shalt conceive. So he here comes this double. And you're going to bear a son. And then he adds a, a, an additional thing that, no razor is going to come on his head, for he shall be a Nazarite unto Elohim. Now, I read this, and the, the, the phrase Nazarite unto Elohim really jumped out at me again. But it says, from the womb. Interesting. So a Nazarite, we all know, is someone that has been set apart for a sacred purpose A devoted purpose. And God said, He's going to function as someone that I've established this. It's in my heart. And He's going to function from within my heart, from within the very womb. Before He even bursts forth and, and is conceived and brought into this world, I've separated Him to, to be someone functioning. In my heart. Now we know he made mistakes. Let's don't look at the mistakes. We all screw up, make mistakes ourselves. So we don't dare need to point fingers. None of us. <laughs> don't point the finger at Saul. What he did wrong. What did he do right? I mean, we we're, we we're, we'll see how we're prone to do that. That's a twisted evangelistic part of us. It's okay to learn from it. Yeah. You made one, I've made many, and so just picture this scenario here apply it to apply it to your circumstance now. Think about what God has delivered you out of in the past. Think of how God will deliver you in the future because there's things that are coming we don't see it we don't feel it we don't know it's coming but God's going to be with us and he's going to help us every one of us in this room to some degree have been separated to be a Nazarite from the very womb every one of us Rick especially I'm just kidding I had to say that. No, he knows I'm kidding with him. But I'm not saying you have to, you know, no razor. I'm not saying sacred, set apart for a sacred purpose. That is every one of us. A devoted purpose. The devotion that you have that God's put within all of us, none of us have that drive ourselves. Everything that we have inside of us, he has has put there. The, 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 the devotion and the drive and the passion all stems from this Sha'al relationship that carries tremendous weight and authority as, in, as, as individuals. And it's at this point where we can we can inquire of him about specific things and get answers immediately, and he responds. And so that's one of the things that I know that he's put in my heart to share with all of us is as we inquire, as we speak to him spirit to spirit, answers are coming. Immediate answers are coming. And so as we continue to read, it says in verse, still verse 5, he's a Nazarite unto Elohim from the womb. He shall begin to deliver... Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came, and she told her husband, saying. Now, look at how this is the perception of Manoah's wife. She says, a man of God, a man of Elohim, came unto me. His countenance was like the countenance of an angel of Elohim. Very terrible. Not that he's like some rude, crude type guy. Just phenomenal type of an individual that was she. she There's a reverential fear that emanated from this angelic angel of the Lord and you know sometimes this is kind of the way we are in trying to describe these things if you have a spiritual encounter you may not say it exactly right or I mean it says it was an angel of Yahweh right but she's, she's saying it, it's like an angel of Elohim man of God so is she wrong did she make a a wrong assessment. No, she's just trying to explain what happened. But I shall awed him not whence he was. Neither did he tell me his name. And we're going to read here in just a minute. She responded appropriately to an angelic representative. In just a minute, we'll look at how Manoah responded inappropriately. When these angels show up, I don't know about you, but I've never asked, I've never felt a desire to even ask them their name, right? I'm not worried about the name. I'm just worried about trying to figure out what's going on. Or, or, or what they're coming to deliver, or what they're coming to say. Sometimes they're not saying anything. They're just there to impart something or strengthen you like they did Jesus in a in an extreme time of warfare in the garden, right? Sometimes they don't say anything. But their mere presence can Im- just... Think back with me a time when you were... Maybe you were in prayer, and this this happens in prayer, deep intercession, but it can be... I've been in a grocery store and just been almost overcome by an angelic representative it Just, just came there and just stood. And, and, and all of a sudden, just like you're overshadowed with the presence of the purpose. And then your mind just is just absorbed into that. And it's like all these thoughts from God just start pouring in, like skill and understanding that they bring is what it is. That's... And when you have all that going on, we haven't even talked about just the mere appearance of them. (laughs) It's mind-boggling. I don't have time to go, hey, and by the way, what's your name? (laughs) I'm not thinking that at all. And this this woman didn't do that either. So let's keep reading. Verse 7. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son and now drink no wine nor strong drink neither eat any any unclean thing for the child shall be a nazarite from from the womb to the day of his death she is perfectly reiterating and declaring to her husband this is what's going to happen and then we pick it up in judges 13 and i've skipped a few verses here and went down to verse 15. this is where manoah inquires inappropriately because he asked for the name of an angel of Yahweh. It says, And Manoah said unto the angel of Yahweh, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of Yahweh said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to Yahweh. This angel said, you know what? You are not doing any of this stuff for me. You need to honor and offer everything to Yahweh and his eternal plan. That's the way these angelic representatives work. And this is another instance where we see this in the Scripture. For Manoah knew not that it was an angel of Yahweh. And Manoah said unto the angel of Yahweh, What is your name? That when these sayings come to pass, we may do the honor bringing in the idea, a concept of honor. So how does the angel respond? The angel says, Angel of the Lord says unto him, Why shall all thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? Pala. In other words, the angel says, I'm not telling you my name. So, why, why am I saying that? I, I, I've read this, you have too, but for this, this... When people are asking names of angels, is it biblical or according to what we just read? It is not. And when a true angel of the Lord is, is, a, is, is there with a message about the plan... We, we need to teach people not to, to do that kind of thing. Okay, I feel like some of you are, feel like I'm on a tangent here. I'm not. I just, I, I've never seen that there before in that passage. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it up on the rock under Yahweh, and the angel did wondrously. Hola, pastor's writing some stuff on this. So I'm just going to skip, breeze right on through it and Manoah and his wife looked on for it came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar and Manoah and his wife looked on it fell on their faces to the ground the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and his wife very important there as well this was a one time experience for them he never returned again in the same fashion Why do we want the same? You see, God's going to do things differently. It's not always going to be the same. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said unto him, (laughs) She's bringing clarity to the whole situation here. (laughs) If, if Yahweh were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would as it at this time have told us such things. And the woman bare a son, and she called his name Samson. And the child grew, and Yahweh, the eternal plan, blessed him. Page 2. And the Spirit of the Lord, Yahweh, began to him at times in the camp of Dan, from Zorah to Estelo. I think that's very interesting there. You know, there's different dimensions of the person of God, but there's different dimensions of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord. I, I've, I remember so many times where I would be in prayer or after prayer at home, and there would still be such a major residue of the the plan of the Lord upon me. I didn't say that the heart of God. That's fine. But the plan of the Lord upon me to where I'm like, for days. Sometimes it would be days. And I would still be going around my daily business, but still there was an overwhelming part of the Lord's plan that just was just consuming me in my mind and 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 you could just enveloping me has any of you have you any of you ever felt that before if not that's okay I mean I'm just fascinated by the different not only the seven spirits but the spirit of Elohim the spirit of Yahweh it's there and we're, we're never none of us have ever said there's many many gods. I mean, we we shouldn't have to say that, but there are always going to be people that think, "Oh my god, they believe in uh, something beyond the Trinity," you know, and it's like, "No, we don't." It's just it's very it's simple now, but it was so hard for us to grasp it initially, but we're one person and you have multiple roles multiple things you do as a, as your father, your husband, you're an intercessor, and, and and God's the same way he he has seven different dimensions of himself, and his spirit operates in conjunction with his heart and what he feels towards something and then his plan is about what he thinks towards it and it and it all perfectly aligns and so I pray that for all of us that the spirit of Yahweh will just consume us and the spirit of God his heart will consume us as well When we've got those two and you think about the latter same principle now let's look at the children of Israel how they inquire of Yahweh in Judges 1 now I know it said I was focused on Samuel but I went back and added these yesterday so we'll look at these Judges 1, 1 through 1-4. Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel Shawed Yahweh, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? So this inquiring involves questions. Does anybody in the room have questions? <laughs> That's the whole point of this, is we need to inquire based on our relationship with the Lord, of Yahweh and His eternal plan. Not our own plan, not the way we want to see something done, not the way we think it ought to be manifest. Don't go, tell God I'm commanding you. I want it like this and I want it now. It ain't going to happen. He's going to let it happen the way He wants to and we just have to get in line with it. We don't have to know the details. We haven't known the details for years. God would just say something we'd, and He'd ask us to believe it and then we waited for it, right? That's the way it's always going to be. It's just our waiting period now has closed drastically as as to when it begins to manifest. But we still... He may say something to mo- tomorrow to one of us and we go, okay, but it may take two years to manifest. But we still wait on it, right? And And I believe our... We we may realize this is happening, but sometimes we may not. But our spirit is always inquiring of Yahweh and and trying to find out His eternal plan, what it is, what He wants to do at this specific point in our lives and in the network. In verse 2, And Yahweh said, judah shall go up behold i have delivered the land into his hand so there's the answer and notice it's not a link the answer (laughs) they had a question yahweh says gives them the answer and then it moves to the next verse and then judah said to simeon his brother come up with me into my lot that we may fight against the canaanites and I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So Simeon with, went with him, and Judah went up, and Yahweh delivered the Canaanites and the parasites into, the, into their hand, and they slew of them of Bezek 10,000 men. What a, so whenever he speaks and we obey, look at what happens. He slays a 1,000 men. He brings a great point. Of deliverance and victory, how did that happen? Well, there was an inquiry made. He responded. We don't know. We don't know how long. That, that, I mean, it doesn't say he responded in five minutes. I mean, we don't have that break there that tells us all the details. We just know that he, when he, when he gives the gives the answer, what would have happened if? They had to change it up a little bit and said, oh, Judah's not going to go up first. We're going to, somebody else is going to go. You think the victory would have happened? Absolutely not. So that's our point. We continue moving forward as he speaks and he directs us. And when that happens, we can expect the plan of God to bring incredible victories for all of us. He's done that, and he will continue to do that as we move forward together as a people, as individuals, and as a network. That is the pattern. Look at Judges 20, verses 26 through 28. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up, and they came into the house of God and... And they wept and they sat there before Yahweh and they fasted that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before Yahweh. And the children of Israel inquired Shall of the Lord for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas and, and the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days saying, Shall I yet go out to battle against the children of ben- Benjamin, my brother? Or shall I cease? So there's two questions in this one. And it says, and and Yahweh said, go up. For tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. So there's more specific details in this one, right? He says, you go up. And tomorrow, the very next day, I'm going to do something incredible and bring a deliverance. So what does that say? It says a lot. There's times where God gives spe- more specific details when he wants to do something, but then there's other times where it's more generic. Why is that? And Why what, what do you think that, ha- that he does it that way sometimes? This is, that's definitely a part of that. Yep. Anybody else have? I mean, because I mean, you you can see that. I got it. I tweaked my back, so um, you can definitely see that in that in that verse. I didn't just tweak it now. It was yesterday. So it was like, my word caused your back. to no. I mean, it specifically says, okay, uh, tomorrow this thing's going to happen. So there is an immediacy to it. So. I, I think he does this too and another, uh, just to kind of piggyback off that he doesn't want us ever trying to figure out every little thing he does all the time all the same time he did not do things he does things differently it's not always going to be the same old way it's and it keeps us pursuing him too for continued direction which is another reason why I think he does this. Um. That, That a prophetic one heard, and really, was it a vision? Was it, and they don't, we don't know that. Because he speaks to us in so many different ways, but there's such clarity in the um, in the response. They inquired this. He said this. You do this. They did that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's easy when there's such clarity to be obedient. So I. No, mean, no, that's, that's not addressing that's your question. But well, no, no, yes, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, um, <coughs> yeah, there, I mean. I mean, we could obviously, there was some measure of his voice involved because it says, uh, This is a new board game, maybe we ought to create. Yahweh says instead of Simon says. But think about how many times it says, He spoke to them in a vision. Yeah. That's always been just really interesting to me he speaks to them in a vision. And I don't know. Yeah, it's no. It's not I'm really I mean, relevant to what you're asking, but no, it's relevant. I think we need to you're talking about the different ways that God manifests itself it works, and yeah. responds. And I just think that we need to remember that he he speaks in different ways. And what is that? So when to use the, 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 kind of the, oh. mm-hmm. the mics so, the yeah. the so they can hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's like the margins are So yeah, that's that's relevant. I mean <clears throat> so when it does reference the voice, I mean it can be the voice, people hear the voice, but you know think about think about the way he speaks to you. Think about um, if you do see a vision because I've seen visions, but I ain't hear no voice. I just see it. But the vision speaks. And it's just a matter of interpreting what the meaning of it is. Um, that's an interesting study is to kind of go back and maybe look at all the different types of uh, ways that God speaks to people. Beyond, beyond, know, beyond the norm, beyond just the yeah. voice, dream, vision. There's, there's other ways. I do wonder, though, just, your whole, just the whole topic of what you're talking about, the Sha'al, the inquiring, the inquiring of Yahweh of Mm -hmm. his plan he wants to make his plan clear to us yes and that that's another thing that is so clear in these verses he's not wanting he's not trying to trick us no he will answer he will in his his way and at the right time and and we just have to know that and there's that that's reassuring to know that okay I'm I'm inquiring and I think our intercession takes on this where we are inquiring in this communication back and forth and sometimes may I say this because our mind, our mind, our unrenewed mind does not just align on its own. I mean, submitted to the spirit, it can pick up on parts of the eternal plan much quicker so I guess what I'm saying is when we intercede we are inquiring on a continual basis in this manner. Whether we realize it or not it's a form of deep, intimate commune with him spirit to spirit. And he will speak and give us direction about his plan. So I encourage all of you I know we've got about ten minutes left. Just keep inquiring in in, in intercession. Just keep speaking. And He will let you know exactly what you need to do. Don't fret. Don't worry. (laughs) You know, Les is really good about always encouraging people, and it's great. Don't worry about stuff. Don't be anxious. And the Scripture says that. But then our humanness kicks in and we think, that's crazy. I can't be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and stuff. We can. His Spirit can give us peace, internal peace that's beyond anything we've ever known to help us in the midst of tremendous upheaval. And we're going to look at Psalm 27, hopefully, maybe, about David, how this term is used in, in his life there. So let's look at... Um, and recently, pastors have been talking a lot about Hannah and Samuel. And that's my, my, my study time and prayer time and all that has been just honed in on Samuel, Saul, and David. And here we've got where Hannah inquires of Yahweh. In 1 Samuel 9, chapter 1, verse 19, it says, And they rose up in, rose up in the morning early, and they worshipped before Yahweh, and they returned. And they came to their house at Ramah, and Alkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and Yahweh remembered her. Man, I read this yesterday, and that hit my spirit, and I'm like, it awakened something on the inside of me that God's eternal plan has not forgotten any one of us. He remembers us. He knows us. He's never going to leave us. We might leave him, but he will never leave us, nor is he going to forsake us. And I'm so grateful that his plan, no matter where I'm at, (laughs) no matter what I'm thinking, no matter how many mistakes I've ever made, no matter matter how, how many times I've missed the mark or hit the mark, he remembers us just like he did with Hannah and it says wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and she called his name Samuel saying because I have sha'ald of Yahweh all of this stems back to the relationship that Hannah had with the eternal plan of God or with Yahweh One of the most incredible miracles on this earth. That a barren woman could give birth to a son. All because she had asked in her relationship with the Lord. And it was, it was, it was destined for her to have this son, Samuel. Because he was going to be a tremendous prophet and priest in the land. At a time frame... That was horrible for the people of God even as a young boy I mean the environment that young Samuel grew up in was horrific Eli was there (laughs) Eli didn't really know how to help the help the young little boy early on because the Lord's already starting to speak to him at at a young age and Eli's he didn't know what's going on initially he's supposed to be the mature one much older age wise and he didn't recognize the Lord speaking to Samuel Samuel didn't either because it's the first time he'd heard his voice so (laughs) Samuel goes back and lays back down and the Lord comes to him and starts talking to him Samuel, Samuel he heard the voice again gets up, goes back (laughs) to Eli and Eli's like oh he finally realized the Lord's talking to him he said go back Lay, lay back down and say, when, the, when the voice comes back say speak for your servant is listening at that point Samuel began to take on his role and his purpose that God had established him to function in and the first thing God shows him is something about what's currently going on with Eli and his sons as a young boy and we think we can't handle things sometimes imagine being that such a young boy in the vision i mean go back and read that And know we've all read it before that's what god had raised samuel up to deal with and be the voice of the lord to that generation and deal with things that were horrific starting with those that were near him eli Half Nine Phineas, and here he is. This comes back to this this principle of inquiring. His mother inquired of Yahweh's plan. And Yahweh said, "I'm granting this because it's part of my plan. You're going to have this son. His name's going to be Samuel. He's going to hear my voice, and not only that, but he's going to obey it. And I'm going to ask him to do things, and I know that he's going to fulfill." my eternal plan during this time frame in verse 21 and the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto Yahweh the yearly sacrifice and his vow but Hannah went not up for she said to her husband I will not go up until the child be weaned and then I will I will bring him that he that he may appear before Yahweh and there abide forever Hannah had already made this vow that if if this son were granted to her, she said, "I'm going to give him back to Yahweh. I'm going to give him back to the eternal plan." And that's exactly what she did. Nancy. It's, it's interesting that um, further down it says she went him to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That the word "went" is the same. Shaw. It's very interesting. Yep. So imagine this, you know, you, you, those of you that have had children, you mothers. This would be very, very difficult to do. I mean, we, we, we know, well, God, God demands, when we make a vow, he wants He'll keep his end of the deal, but he wants us to keep ours as well. And that's why it's so, you know, the, the author of Ecclesiastes says it's better to not make a vow and, and, and not keep it than to make one. Well, if we make a vow, let's keep it, basically. I got it backwards here, sorry. So don't make a promise if you can't keep it. So, And, and that's very practical. Don't tell your neighbor I'm going to mow your yard, and then say, "Ah, oh, it's the same principle." And uh, this one's much more ex- harder than 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 mowing a yard or something, though. How many of you mothers could do this? I mean, he physically, she literally had to give Samuel back over to the Lord, and she could visit him year to year, right? But Man, that, that, how about that, going, at, going that length of time, not being able to see your own kid. That's tough. But she made a vow, and she is a prime example of someone that is functioning in grace, is supposed to respond. And that's us. Hence, the seminar coming soon, Sons of Grace. Verse 23, And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seems thee good, tarry until you have weaned him, only Yahweh establish his word. That's another principle. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she'd weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah flour and a bottle of wine and brought him into the house of Yahweh in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as thy soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, plowing unto Yahweh. And this is, this is something pastors recently taught on. For this, for this child I plowed, and Yahweh has given me my petition, which I shall all of him. Therefore also I have sha'ald him to Yahweh, as long as he lives, he shall be Sha'al to Yahweh. And they worship Yahweh there. Seems like there's a, there's a theme there, right? <laughs> Yahweh's name is so important. And it always denotes the plan of God. The eternal plan that God has destined for every one of us in this life. There's so many people around us. They have no direction. They have no clear purpose and we need to direct them to the eternal purpose and plan that God has for them. The source, the true source. And I'm just really, um, I'm, I'm going to have to bring this to a close here. I'm going I'm to close with Psalm 27. It's on page 4 or 5, I believe. So let's look at that quickly. Let me turn the page. There's some examples there, uh, we on page four. Psalm 27, one through six, this is the Psalm of David. Um, there's some instances in here where people inquired of Yahweh inappropriately. Saul is one of those. Um, go back and read those. It's, it shows you what could happen to someone functioning as a king. God's called us to be kings and priests according to the book of Revelation. None of us are exempt. We're the elect, right? Satan wants to even deceive the very elect. We have to be very careful. This Sha'al relationship that I'm talking about will safeguard us from being deceived. So important. Psalm 27. David says, Yahweh is my light. He's making this very personal we should as well we could probably insert our names here and say Les says Yahweh is my light and he's my salvation whom shall I fear <laughs> we, When we got the eternal plan on our side there's no need for fear right mm-hmm. Yahweh is the strength of my life whose life is it is it mine is it yours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's his Of whom shall i be afraid when the wicked even my enemies and foes came upon me to eat my flesh that's gross i mean that's he says guess what happened they stumbled and they fell (laughs) How how did that happen can you can you picture that i mean it enemies foes Though a host should encamp against me. This is not a good host either. My heart shall not fear. Okay, just so that's not good enough for you or, or bad. It says, though war shall rise up against me, and this will I be confident. Bata. And that's the word, Hebrew word that means a place of refuge, trust, confidence, or surety. One thing have I all of Yahweh. That will I seek after or search out or strive for. What is it? That I may dwell in the house of Yahweh all the days of my life. So dwelling in the eternal plan of God for the entire duration of our life is what David is saying here. To do what? Number one, to hazah. Are to behold the beauty of Yahweh And not only that but secondly to inquire and this is a, the word inquire here is different. It means um, pastor talked many weeks back or months back about plowing in the temple right? This is that word. Inquiring in the temple for in the time of trouble he will hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me he shall set me up on a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing, in case we didn't get it the first time, praises unto Yahweh. <laughs> what an incredible passage that speaks about this concept of our Sha'al relationship and the asking based on the relationship where we are in the eternal plan and where God has us all. So I want to leave you with one thought. Yahweh will never leave you. His eternal plan is with you always. Even when we're not with the plan you know what I'm saying there's times we just we're human we're human we we're not 100% of the time focused on the eternal plan I mean we're this we're just not he is though and he's gonna make sure that we need to be doing exactly so what is what has he got mapped out for the next part in his eternal plan for you that's what we need to be asking him Lord what is what do you want me to be doing at this point if we're seeking him for direction we need to wait he may speak right then he may say well i'll wait a few days i need to think about (laughs) he's got the answer already in mind we just need to wait on the answer and when he says the answer follow it through in absolute obedience don't add to it the minute we start adding to it oh uh, oh i think these sheep over here we need to keep these sheep oh that's that's a great saul did that and we know what happened the point is we either go up and he brings great deliverance Or in some cases we didn't get to read these but some cases when people ask him shall they go up david inquired he said don't go he said if you do they're going to annihilate you that's there too so just because he said go up two weeks ago today he may say "Uh uh-uh don't go in there get out get out of this place he told the apostle paul right i i i don't have very many people here but in another instance an angel of the lord appeared to him at night and said hey Stay there. I've got much people here. You're okay. Remember those passages? Those are the ways of the Lord. He's not always going to answer the same time all the time. It's going to be different. And that keeps the relationship going. It keeps it fresh. It keeps it you wondering. It doesn't get stale. It doesn't get stagnant over time like human relationships can. God's always trying to make things, keep things fresh and new. So, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share this morning from your word. And, Lord, help us all to embrace the eternal plan that you've got mapped, up, mapped out for us as individuals and as a network. And we just speak your blessing over all that you're doing in, in our lives and what you're doing in the, in, the, in the country of Brazil. And, Lord, we just continue to speak that you would pour out your spirit upon all of those people in that part of the, uh, of the world and in the other places that you're going to be preparing to send us into in this remaining part of this year. Bless our service as we go to worship you. And may we sense your, your divine presence in a fresh way today. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.